This is Nursing in America. Each week we speak with incredible Filipino nurses who have taken the leap to start a new life in the United States. If you're thinking about doing the same, then this is the place you'll find all the insider knowledge and inspirational success stories to realize your own American dream. This is the second part of a two-part episode, so make sure you go back and listen to part one first. If you want to maybe talk us a little bit through the first few days when you arrived in the U.S., what was it like? Any, any stories to share with us? Any anecdotes in your first few days here? Because that's that's what we call the honeymoon period. <laughs> right. Uh, in my mind, I was still in the Philippines. Uh, I was thinking, yeah, I will be in the U.S.A. So I'm so excited, and I was thinking of a very nice view, like skyscraper buildings but no when i when i get here we i choose michigan to be the 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 place where i'm going to be to be deployed because you know in the philippines it is so hot so i wanted to to be in a cold state now so when i when we arrive in detroit the the buildings are not so tall so i was like oh is this america (laughs) (laughs) it didn't look like the background behind paul right now correct oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) so so i we arrived in february 6 uh of 2006 and um there was our our liaison the staff the staffing agency liaison fetch us fetch as from the airport, me, my family, my husband, my kid, and Jackie Naranja, uh, we came together here in 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 the United States. So, and the first thing we we did was after we had lunch with the after we had lunch, we went to the social security office administration to get our social security number. I think this time when you come here in the United States, you don't need to go to the social security administration office anymore because directly you can get it, I don't know, in the in the uh, port area. There are well, you, there are two ways of getting the social security. So you can get the social security by applying for it while you're in the process, so at the oh, okay. sixty stage, or you would have to go to the social security office. So it depends how you have done it when you're in the immigration process. Uh, okay, so mm-hmm. that's our process when we went to the when we when we arrived here. We came, we go directly to the social security office to get our social security number, and then after that we went to our apartment. And uh, which was prearranged by our liaison officer, uh, but then the apartment doesn't have anything, so we have to go to to the to to the furniture store to get our bed, our bed, our mattress, everything. And the agency lent us one thousand dollars for the for the furniture, so we were deducted every every month for that. Good thing that they they uh, they lent us a thousand dollars because the money that I bought here when I came here in the United States is only two thousand dollars, so I don't have enough money uh, when I when I came here. Um, so. Uh, the next day we went shopping mm-hmm. uh, for our food, groceries and stuff. And the next few days we went to the hospital to, to have a medical exam and some of the papers that we need to sign. And also we opened a bank account. And uh, 
I remember the funny thing that we did was when we wanted to buy a desktop. Because, oh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, when we arrive, it's so lonely. Um, we miss our family in the Philippines. So we buy a desktop in, I think we went to Best Buy. And the money that I have were only like, uh, the, the desktop cost is 283 and I have like one dollar. One wow. <laughs> so, no, I mean, my bills are all one dollar. So I bought a desktop that was that cost me 
and I asked them if I could have the number because the number is all I need, not the card, um, to be able to apply it to my job. Because my my employer will have to do background checks, get your bank information for your direct deposits. Um, we do not pay cash here when you when you work in the hospitals. Not like in the Philippines, you are paid cash. It goes to your bank. You have to have your bank account and your check. And then, of course, um, uh. Uh, the social security is needed for the, ba- uh, the empl- employer background check. So I had to take care of that. And then, of course, um, I had to wait for a week before the background check is finished so I could start working. Um, the thing here is you don't get paid not until the second or third week. So um, if you're not working for a while and you keep traveling, keep doing these things, and like what Mem Jean said, you had to buy a lot of things, um, you're, you're, you're kind of losing money. So you want to start working as soon as you can. Um, what I did is I, I brought, um, I think I had $6,000 when I started. And then um, I brought my Philippine credit card just in case. Um, so it actually helped me in the first few months, especially with the groceries and stuff like that. Um, but but um, if you're like me and you're single, you're really going to learn to be very independent um, in, in terms of like setting up your life and establishing your life, your apartment and buying groceries. Um, as soon as I got my car in three weeks, um, I started driving around. Um, just to get to know my city very well, like where, where the banks are, where are the schools, where are the groceries, very important for me, where are the parks, because those are the stuff that helped me in the first few months. And um, driving driving is another story, all right? I'm, I'm in a state with the fastest speed limit, and we could have a 30 mile per hour speed limit on our street, but drivers are just driving 60, 70 miles per hour on a small street. So it's crazy. Um, it's not like the Philippines. I, I drove in Manila and it was always, you know, slow moving over there. Um, here it's like 100 kilometers per hour, you know, that's how they drive over here. And it's it's another story. I guess we'll, we'll talk about it in another video. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> it, a it's lot to talk scary. about. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, we, there's so much to say and so much to, to share. But I think both of you have shared so many wonderful pieces of advice already. Um, you know, the one thing that both of you have spoken about is coming here with enough money. Um, I can really so relate because I came here 20 years ago. I had two little children. I came from South Africa. Um, My husband was carjacked um, in in South Africa with a gun to his head. There was a lot of crime. So that was the reason why we came to America. But when we came here, we had very little money. And with the exchange rate, it made it even worse. So I can... I, I, I can identify that feeling of thinking that you're going to start working right away and you're going to be earning right away and you don't realize when you come to the U.S. that that doesn't happen because you've got to go right. through Social Security, you've got to go through background checks, you might have to have a medic, well, you will have to have a medical exam at the hospital. So, you know, there's a lot of steps and a lot of things that you need to go through before you start earning a paycheck. I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. If you know a friend or colleague who would benefit from listening to this conversation, please let them know about the show. We want to help as many nurses as we can turn their dreams into a reality. If you're thinking about making the step to living and working as a nurse in the USA, we can help you. 
Head over to kineticsusa.com to find out more. That's kineticsusa.com. Do you have any advice, Paul or Jean, about how much? And, and this is, please, just to be clear to everybody, this is just, you know, Paul and Jean's advice. So, you know, right. please don't take that as like a, that's, you know, gospel, like what, exactly what it is. So any, any idea of what you, you would suggest as kind of like a minimum? Because obviously, the more somebody can save and bring with them, the, the better. But do you have any su su advice or suggestions on that? Uh, right now, um, because you have to buy a car. And if you don't have a good credit score here, you have to make a down payment. So okay. I guess if you have a relative here the, that would co-sign you to get that car, that would be very good. Um, maybe 500 or 1000 down payment for the car alone that's i think the least that they could they could give you and so probably $5000 would be enough i guess mm -hmm. in my time i only have 2000 i survived with the 2000 but it's mm -hmm. different now it's year 2020 and everything right. is you know, expensive yeah right you, you, it was 14 years ago right yeah yeah so things have gotten more expensive paul what are your thoughts on that um i guess it would really depend on um the family size um with me i'm single so um i thought that five and six thousand five or six thousand was enough um the also one good thing about what happened to me was i can consider myself very lucky you know because um i was able to start um on the job within two weeks here in the united states the first week being in san francisco touring and the second week waiting for the background check but i've heard of nurses um having to wait for a month or two because you you know like what miss tanya said you don't just come here and start work right away there's a lot of stuff to do wait for your social security wait for your background check um wait for your licensure verification so the employers will do a lot in fact in my new job i had to wait three weeks for them to clear me um so um i was just lucky to be able to start within two weeks so that means that after the first month here in the united states i already got my first paycheck but i can imagine for nurses who would have to wait one or two months to do some trainings or you know if they have deficiencies the employers would not allow them to work right away um that that would really pose a problem so i would suggest you budget within the first three months as a safety net um for me um, I was also lucky because my uh, my first house that I lived in, I rented a room on a Filipino family. If you're single, you can do that. It's called uh, house hacking. You know, um, it's easier because you don't have to buy a lot of um, um, furnitures right away, and you don't have to buy a lot of stuff right away. And uh, I had a huge room, and it was super cheap. I was able to save a lot of money because of that, and I. I mean, they were cooking Filipino food. So, I mean, I would take that in a heartbeat because <laughs> I, I don't know how to cook. <laughs> but um, but that's it. Um, it depends on your family size. If you're single, I guess two to 5,000 would be enough for the first one or two months. Um, but if you're a bigger family size, you have kids, that would be a different story. So account for 
uh, furniture that you have to buy, equipment that you have to buy, food, groceries, and everything that you need to establish your life here. So um, there are good resources online for cost of living comparison. And um, I forgot the website, but if I find it, I'll post in Lafora. But they itemize like the grocery expenses and the gas expenses for each city in the United States. There, there's a lot of stuff in Google that you can find. Um, that might help you decide on how much you can bring in the first few months that you're here, you're here in the United States. And if you have credit cards in the Philippines, that can be a safety net as well. That can help you to, you know, um, fill in the gaps if you don't have a lot of cash. Here in the States, most of the time it's cashless. So the credit cards, you can use them, debit cards. Um, that will really help you. Okay. And probably if you're going to California, you might probably bring a bigger amount of money because oh, yes. if you go, yeah, if you go in California and you don't have a license in California yet, because you still have to file for that, right? Uh, maybe uh, six to six months the least to get the license in California. So you might probably bring ten thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, depends I, on I the think, state as well and what yeah, city. I, Sorry, Paul. I think that's a good point that both of you are raising. And that is often before you come to the US, you don't realize that every state and almost every city has got a different cost of living yeah, exactly, um, and different taxes as well. Some states have federal and state tax and some only have federal tax. So it, it's if you think of the cost of living, it's not like comparing apples and apples. It's really right. comparing apples and pears. So I think that's a really important point that you both brought up. And mm -hmm. um, one other thing that I wanted to speak about is, Jean, you spoke about when you came here, you had a friend, Paul, you were talking about the Lafora community, which has grown so unbelievably in the last, um, you know, in the last few years. But I think one thing that's really important that's coming through to me from both of you is that sense of helping each other and that sense of community. Paul, you spoke about you know, staying with the Filipino family. Can you mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that and, and how that can help? Because that is something certainly from myself as an immigrant I found coming from South Africa is the other South Africans that I knew here were really our, we were able to form a great buddy system and right. that was enormously helpful. Can you talk a little bit about your experiences with that? Uh... With my friend, I came here with a friend who I met in the Philippines, but we we live in a separate apartment because I have a family and she's single, so she has her own apartment. But then when we came here, my husband has an aunt who lived in Florida and she helped us to be our co-signer co when, when we bought the car. And also, I have a friend who helped me uh, she came to our apartment. We went grocery shopping. Probably she spent like 200, 300 pesos. Uh, that, that was a free grocery for us. Right. So yeah, we were, we were so fortunate to have those friends who helped us during that time. Right. Yeah. So yeah, same with me. Um, community is important, especially if you're single. Um, it was my, when I moved here to the States, it was my first time um, migrating to somewhere to work. I, I travel a lot. Uh, when I was back in the Philippines, I travel a lot. Every now and then I would be out of the country for travels, but that is only temporary. When I got here, 
in the first month, I realized how homesickness can be so bad it can affect your mental health um, if you're really not strong. And community is very important. I was lucky because where I live, um, there's a huge um, Filipino community close to me. Like, I mean, if I go outside my house, there's eight houses around that are owned by Filipinos. And um, every now and then we would have lunch and dinner together. And that helped me in the first three months. And also with my job, the, the first thing that I did when I got deployed in the emergency department is look for <laughs> Filipinos because I can relate to them and they can relate to me. And uh, that really helped me, you know, get through things. They know I was new. So there were so many things that, you know, like when you say culture shock, culture shock is real. I mean, I grew up in Manila and I've been exposed to so many stuff. But when I got here, there's so many things that I call American ways that I was never prepared for. Um, but um, the community helped me. And that's really important. I got here by myself. My agency is such a small agency and we don't get deployed like other agencies where you go together, 10 of you or 12 of you in the same hospital. Nope, I was by myself and it took months before the next person got here. So when I was finally able to adjust, uh, I, I, I have this mantra of pay it forward. So those um, nurses that got here after me, when they got here, I lent them my car. I drove them around to groceries. Every week, I would do that for them. I'm not expecting for anything, but it's just me paying it forward because I know how hard it is to be uh, away from your family and not have a community. So um, that's what I did to my friends. And that's what I'm doing in Lafora too. It's like my community service. It's like my me um, paying it forward to everybody. You know, what, what I learned, I want to share it to everybody. So that's that's what I do yeah and I love that Paul because that's really what the Lafora talk show is it's paying mm, right. it forward mm -hmm. it's really just sharing your experiences to help those that are coming next and we hope that that will be passed on to the, the next group of nurses that will be coming to the U.S. but I think that you're so right both of you culture shock is a real thing it, it <laughs> you know, before I came to live in America, my sister lived in, in Los Angeles. And I used to say to her, I don't understand what is so different. You know, you, you, you get up in the morning, you eat your breakfast, you go to work, you run your errands, you see to your family, you, you know, you come home, you cook dinner and you go to, to dinner. Like what could be so different about yeah. coming to America that, that would say that you would have culture shock? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I, learned, <laughs> I certainly learned the hard way that it's a real thing and it's very common in the few months and, and even up to about a year after right. you've arrived in the US, it's very common and I want everybody to hear this. You've heard it from Paul, you've heard it from Jean. It's very common to feel homesick and to mm -hmm. feel depressed, sad. And I'm not saying everybody's going to feel that way, but it's not uncommon for you to experience right. culture shock and I think that's where community is just so important so so important and just helping each other and paying it forward Paul and Jean any other advice any other words of wisdom to share at this time words of wisdom so <laughs> if you if you dream of coming here to America don't let don't let it just be a dream. So strive 
strive your strive so so hard that you, you will make that dream into a reality pass your NCLEX, pass your IELTS. That's your step in coming here to America. So, yeah. And just live a simple life. When you come here, don't live luxuriously. Just live simply. <laughs> yeah. So, that, so in that way, you can also help. If you have the drive to help your family back home, then you still have money to help them. To help right. them. As a Pearls of wisdom, Jean. Really, really good advice. I've seen so many nurses over the years come to the US. They've dreamed, they've waited, they've worked hard to get here. And then they come here and they think this is, you know, this is going to be the land of milk and honey, which it is the greatest country and the most wonderful opportunity. But they put enormous pressure on themselves by going out and spending too much and right. um, incurring too many expenses. So I think that is yeah. wonderful, yeah. wonderful advice, Jean. And I, I agree 100%. Get your NCLEX, get your IELTS. Now is the time. Now is the time. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and happy Nurses Week. Happy Nurses Stay Week. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please help us by hitting the follow button on your podcast player and leaving us a review. If you're thinking about making the step to living and working as a nurse in the USA, we can help you. Head over to kineticsusa.com to find out more. That's kineticsusa.com. Tune in next time for more incredible conversations.